What is up, wrestling fans? It's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling and call it right down the middle. That's right, it is time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607TWS. And we are coming to you from the ODPH Dungeon, the realest thing in all of pro wrestling journalism. Of course, I am your host here at 607TWS, but I'm also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does each and every week in the co-pilot's chair. But you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast. Better known as the ODPH, I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? Yes, we shall. We shall. And uh, coming into this uh, third take. Yes. (laughs) Third take hot. I don't know. I didn't like my voice. (laughs) That happens a lot in podcasting, folks. That happens a lot. I hope everybody's having an awesome week and enjoyed some great pro wrestling action this week. Lots of drama in the world of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. We got a a lot of uh, stories to talk about. A little late on uh, events because obviously a lot of those events are waiting for WrestleMania weekend. We're in that full-on push now, not just for WWE, but also for a lot of other companies because WrestleMania is such a mecca of pro wrestling that that's where everybody goes to. Right. So we are coming up on that very soon, but we have a lot of news coming up in the main event of this show. We are going to talk about the Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn bloodline road to WrestleMania. Yeah, we're on the road there. There's some mixed reviews. I'm going to tell you why they shouldn't be so mixed and pretty much why this might be possibly the greatest story time of our century. I have possibly. to agree. I have to this agree. could be go down as the greatest storytelling in the history of pro wrestling folks. And some people are missing it, whether it's because they shit on the company, or some people are missing it just because they don't want to see it. But we're going to tell you why you should be excited like I am building into WrestleMania season. Uh, in the mid-card, we're going to hit that indie roundup. Game Changer Wrestling had a huge show this past weekend, and they're going to follow that up next weekend with a couple other huge shows. So we're going to cover uh, this past weekend show, plus preview this upcoming weekend in New York City and Toronto, Ontario, Canada, respectively. But in the opening contest, we're going to go back to the old school. We're going to... We have some wrestling news that we want to editorial, uh, be editorial about. Mm-hmm. I, I get it out there. We are not journalists. We are editorial people. We've always said that. Right. But that's what most of these wrestling journalists truly are. They just take information from somebody else and then they editorialize their views on but call themselves journalists. So I guess you'd call us journalists as well. Who knows? I don't know. It's, 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 it's wrestling. We, who knows? However, I will say this. We are going to be talking about uh, Game Changer Wrestling versus AEW in the court of law? Yeah, never thought I'd be saying that in 2023, but here we are. Also, huge news for WWE as they're going to do another international pay-per-view. Yes. And uh, very soon with a huge host. And last but not least, we're going to dive into that mucky water because it came up again about Vince McMahon being backstage at WWE. We'll talk all about that and more. Also, I should point out in the main event, we'll also be talking about the John Cena fight, too. There's a lot of road to WrestleMania, I should have said, in the main event. But with that, folks, before we can dive in there, there's so much running through my mind right now. And I need to get it out there for you folks. You didn't come here to hear us talk about all of what I just said. You heard us want us to hear us talk about it. Getting into it, the meat and potatoes. 
So before we can do that, though, Ken M has to tell us how to find himself in the ODPH podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page. Check out the T Public Store link. Check out the Patreon link. Shout out to all our patrons. One tier, $2 a month, and a lot of content on the way. Blog section, music section. I'm even messing up my words because I'm so excited to talk about it. We also have the classified section, which has friends of the show, such as 3FM Podcast, Dragon Master Games, and so much more. If it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. And of course, if you're looking for myself in the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. There you'll find all the social media links. You'll find the link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast for as little as $1 a month to get a ton of extra bonus content. On top of that, you will also find uh, the links to our T Public Store, friends of the show like the ODPH Podcast, the links for both the 3FN Podcast and 607TWS, plus the musical directory featuring bands like Floodlands, whose song Ruins is the the opening to 607 TWS every week and our good friend Second Suitor whose song One Winged Angel is uh, our closing song. Mm-hmm. That's where we close every single week out. I hope you guys are listening to them because they're tremendous songs. I can't get them out of my head. And with that being said, you can find those in the musical directory and support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but not least, the sponsors of the show who help you bring all these shows to you commercial free, especially our good friends over at Dragon Master Games for all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs. Visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com and of course, W Energy, uh, the official energy drink of 607TWS and the 3FN Podcast. Uh, Go over to wdubby.gg and uh, order some w see what all the fuss is about of course at checkout use the promo code 3fnpod that's the number 3 fnpod it's for 10% off and guess what if you enjoy it and you want to order more use that promo code every time to get 10% off and thank you w for sponsoring 607tws the 3fn podcast and everything else that i do all right now that all that business is out of the way, Ken M, I got the business out of the way. I believe it's time for you to check your watch because it's time! That's right, it's time to kick off the show, and we are going to kick off the show with the most unlikely of news stories that come out this past week. Yeah. And that is, you know, we are big fans of Game Changer Wrestling. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people who aren't. Uh, you hear that outlaw mud show uh, get get thrown out there a lot, and I mean they own it. I like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a weird thing because there's some people out there who throw that around but hate Jim Cornette. And I understand the Outlaw Mud Show predates Jim Cornette, but Jim Cornette's the one that makes it popular, right? Right. On his radio show, so it's funny when the AEW guys who hate, like the fans online, they hate Jim Cornette. Use Jim Cornette isms, and I know they were around before him, guys. But let's be honest, ain't nobody else besides Jim Cornette using Outlaw right. Mud Shows uh, recently. Okay, so that's where you got it from. So it's kind of funny that you guys give him a shout out, but fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, we know that there's a lot that's gone down over between the two in the past, and we're going to cover that kind of here. But recently, there has been a lawsuit filed by Game Changer Wrestling against All Elite Wrestling because of the use of the name Fight Forever, which, of course, AEW's video game is called Fight Forever. Mm-hmm. And... GCW, prior to this, had ran a show during the pandemic called Fight Forever. It was a 24-hour charity show that they did at the showboat in Atlantic City. Now, they haven't done it since. However, they would like to make sure they can use the name. So, first of all, let's dispel anything. And this is coming from 
all the reports. There's other people out there like that idiot from New York. There's all these other fucking idiots that have weighed in. Sean Rossap, who is in contact with Brett Lauderdale, as I also have access to Brett Lauderdale, uh, has said the same thing over and over again. And Brett Lauderdale said it himself. This is not about money. This isn't a lawsuit for money. They just want to make sure they can use the trademark. And Tony Khan would not give them a straight answer. That is the exact only reason. Mm -hmm. They want to make sure that they can use the trademark. And then you hear these idiots like that idiot from New York, uh, turn around and go, well, they steal music from here and there. Okay, cool. ECW used to do that shit too. Exactly. Okay, it's fine. Every independent promotion on the planet does. And if at the end of the day, Game Changer Wrestling is still an independent wrestling promotion. Like, I love how they throw mud at, at fucking GCW and acting like it's AEW WWE. They don't have billions of dollars in funds to pump into the company. Right. You know what I mean? It is an independent wrestling. Yes, I understand they travel the country. I understand they put on more shows than most uh, independents, hence why they're the biggest independent wrestling company in the world, filling the void for Ring of Honor, mm -hmm. which is now, it, it's not an indie, folks. Don't believe the hype. Tony Khan owns it. Yeah. We all know that. It's not, you know, it's not an indie. It's not a secret. It's his, it basically, his, it, it's his NXT. Yeah. He doesn't use it that way, but that's all it really truly is. Let's call it what it is, right? Mm -hmm. So... That has nothing to do with the price of tea in China. It's just kind of funny to see everybody getting outraged about nothing. And their outrage is that, oh, now they're pushing the game back. No, no, no. That game has, still doesn't have a date to release. It didn't have a date to release before. And, you know, the speculation that, oh, now this is pushing it back. Well, when was it supposed to come out, Ken? Do you remember the date? Because there was no fucking date. We've already gone past the original date by months, yeah. but there's never been another reestablished date. No, it's just been rumor and speculation about a tentative date, but nothing set concrete. Exactly. So there is no, absolutely zero reason to be upset about some video game that has no date. There's no trailer launched. There's no hard date announced. We, we've heard rumor that it's going to hit uh, Xbox Game Pass on day one, mm -hmm. but that's not even set in stone. Once again, until this game has a straight date, it doesn't matter. So to be upset about that is wild. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate for both sides. First of all, I don't understand Tony Khan's side. So I, the devil's advocate for this is I get that that's the name of your game. That fans have cheered that long before GCW used that for a show name. Yeah. But from the Game Changer Wrestling side, I can understand. They just want to know if they'll still be allowed to use that trademark name because Tony Khan does go after people. And here's the thing. He goes after Game Changer Wrestling. This battle was not started by Brett Lauderdale and Game Changer Wrestling, mm -hmm. even though there's a lot of AEW fans that would like to believe so. The battle lines that were drawn by... All Elite Wrestling, when they wanted to pull Mox from the shows for Game Changer Wrestling after signing him to his new deal, mm -hmm. while he was still Game Changer Wrestling World Champion and they had an agreement. Right. And then they wanted him to just ship the belt back and not drop the title. Well, Mox did the right thing, had a final match with Nick Gage, dropped the title the right way. Mm -hmm. Hence, Mox would have never done anything else because he's a good fucking dude. But that was out there. And that's why a lot of Game Ch a lot of All Elite Wrestling competitors aren't allowed to go to do GCW shows anymore. Only the ones that are either used on Ring of Honor or not at all for AEW. Mm -hmm. Like, that is it. Outside of that, they're not allowed. And even before then, they went, they picked and chose who they allowed to go there. Because for the longest time, they wanted to book Sonny Kiss, especially for Effie's Big Gay Brunches, and they wouldn't allow it to happen. Right. So, there it is. Although it is kind of weird that all of that being said, that John Moxley is still working Josh Barnett's... Uh, uh, yeah, show. blood sport there. Yeah, he's yeah. working that show, which is still put on by Game Changer Wrestling. Yeah. But we all think it's funny that it got through. But then again, we're talking about Tony once let it go through that he had a couple wrestlers that were going to work Bar Wrestling's return show, and we all know who owns that company. Mm -hmm. And they were on the flyer until people pointed it out. And he goes, oh, no, I can't do that. Right. But anyways, it, going back to it, I really don't blame Game Changer Wrestling. 
They just want to know if they can use a trademark. And you can give me this weak shit that they're fine with stealing shit any other times. That's fine. If they ever get caught up and fucking somebody goes after them, then they'll have a problem. However, they know that Tony Khan will go after them because we've said it before and I'll say it again. I truly believe as big of a fan that Tony Khan was of ECW, which he admits and openly does, he's always wanted AEW to have that vibe. And it doesn't. Game Changer Wrestling does. Mm -hmm. He has the vibe of WCW. And I'm not talking about WCW when they were kicking Vince's ass. I'm talking about the WCW either predating that. I should say predating. I don't think he's in the dying throes yeah, of WCW. Yeah, he's not in the 2000 era. But he's definitely in the era right before the NWO WCW. Mm -hmm. And if, if you guys don't agree, that's fine. But you think about it. Numbers-wise, they're not being WWE. They're in no metric, not ticket sales, not money at the gate, not money on pay-per-view, not money on deals, not ratings. They're not beating them. And that's fine. They don't need to. Once again, I keep saying, focus on your shop. Exactly. Make it better. Make it better. Now we got an alleged third hour of television coming to Saturdays at yeah, six oh five. Rumors, yeah. But it's still no ROH show. That's another all elite wrestling show. Mm -hmm. But you know, hey, we got we got Honor Club where you can pay ten dollars a month and not get pay per views. <laughs> <laughs> Every other service, the pay per views are included. New Japan has it included. Mm -hmm. Fight TV has it included. Fucking obviously Peacock does. That's a whole other beast. I'm not even trying to compare them to WWE. Mm -hmm. I get it. WWE's a whole other beast. They have fucking fifty years of footage they can show. Right. Plus. Plus other territories that they acquired over the years. So it's unfair to really talk about World Wrestling Entertainment on streaming. Yeah, you can't compare it. And also it's on The Peacock, mm -hmm. which is a massive, you know, Media Comcast yeah. universal deal. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But anyways, it, it, just, it just puts a bad taste in my mouth that there's people out there shitting on a company. If you don't like Game Changer Wrestling, that's fine. But at the end of the day, independent wrestling is important. That's why we give it a showcase here. And I just think it's weird that people who watch AEW, where most of that talent came through all these indies, including Game Changer Wrestling, you guys would be so quick to like turn your back on it. But once again, I get it. The tribe of AEW, the tribe of the elite, if you will, yeah. is, is all about if it's AEW, they cheer for it. If it's not AEW, they boo it. I get that point. What is your thoughts on this lawsuit overall, Ken M? It's smart business moves by Brett Lauderdale because if he wants to use the name, he knows what to expect. I mean, let's face it. The partnership, if you will, between GCW and AEW has been strained and Obviously, we have had we've seen as fans this play out since uh, when Moxley faced Nick Gage. Yeah, I can't remember what show it was yeah. at this point. Jesus, right? But that's the whole point. So Brett's being very smart about it in case they want to use the name again because if they want to run a twenty-four hour show, they're going to do it. It's the one thing that GCW does as being the top independent in North America, hands down. They do things at their own pace and when they want to, and they don't really feel any pressure to compete with anybody else because they stay in their own lane, much like we always say AEW should do and really focus on their own shows before really taking shots at anybody else. So with this situation, I think they're playing it very smart. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I think for the fans that are outraged about this, really step back and think what you're mad about. I think a lot of them are just mad because – GCW is what they had hoped AEW would be, and it's not. So you can't be mad about it because somebody else is doing something different, and that's not your brand. Well, I also think that it does boil down a lot to, uh, you know, it, in this tribalist era 
of wrestling for some reason. A lot of people aren't like us watching every product. Right. A lot of people are, you know, picking their sides, you know, and there's a lot of them that are WWE Universe marks, and that's fine. There's a lot of the All Elite marks, that's fine. And then there's, you know, if you're watching indies, and I, I like to, we've always talked about, I like to talk about the Japanese and independent wrestling, because usually it goes hand in hand, whether you watch Deathmatch stuff or not is irrelevant. Right. I'm just talking independent wrestling and Japanese wrestling. I usually compare them like, uh, like WWE is, we'll say PlayStation for right now, because I do believe they're up in the money. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Xbox of the world, which is AEW. So, I mean, same level. Like, we're not talking about quality. We're not talking about money. We're not talking about ratings. We're just talking about they're the two big dogs. Right. So, PlayStation, you got Xbox. And then, to a lesser extent, and I understand that PCs make a lot of money, I've always said that those PC, you know, the P, we always made the joke in gaming that it's the PC master race. Yeah. And I think that they're the Japanese and, and independent fans. They're, mm-hmm. they're, and they like to show it in your face. They're the historians of wrestling. They still, and like us, you know who watches everything we, they'll still watch other shit but like you know they, they rub it in a little more like they're like you know yeah look at me i know and, and it's fine yeah. i get it and I, I know a lot of you guys are listening it's not a shot and i'm sure you guys actually just went yes yeah we we like to envision ourselves as the fucking purist too you know what i mean yeah uh, but it's kind of an interesting dive you're like because the people who were watching the indies in new japan are watching AEW and WWE going that's sports entertainment and this is pro wrestling yeah there's a difference and you know AEW fans like to think that AEW is pro wrestling and WWE is sports entertainment i don't know like i think that you guys are doing a little the same as you should mm-hmm. you should you're on national television as a matter of fact you probably should step up your storylines and get a little more like WWE and you probably do better in the fucking ratings yeah I understand it sucks for those that want to see the pure in-ring wrestling, but that's what Ring of Honor should be for. Mm-hmm. That's what the indies in Japan is for. You know, They're not worried about getting a national television rating. And we've said that time and time again. That's where AEW has fallen short is that national television rating. But like to get in a pissing contest, and here's the problem. We've seen time and time again, for all of those of you out there that don't believe it, go look it up, where Tony Khan has gone after YouTube channels, mm. he's gone after fucking podcasters, mm. streamers, yep. fucking, it, he's, it, there's no end. How many how many AEW botches on Twitter are we up to now? Oh, God. He, he, shit, he even went after Botchamania a bunch, like more so than Vince ever did. They've changed their name more since All Elite Wrestling has been around <laughs> since before. And, and, and I get it, you know, people, vultures, and okay, but here's the thing. That should never be a threat. Any press is good press. Mm-hmm. Any press is good press. Bad press is still good press. It's just that whenever there's egg on the face, he doesn't want it. Yeah. And the bad part about this is if I'm Brett Lauderdale, I go, oh, this motherfucker will sue me. The next time we do GCW Presents Fight Forever and do a 24-hour charity event, mm-hmm. these motherfuckers are going to go, oh, yeah, by the way, cease and desist. Right. Cease and desist. They didn't, you know, so you got to fight for that trademark. You're at least to use it. And like he says, he's never taken a dime of TK's money and doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. He just wants to be able to use the fight for everything, which he should be able to. Which he should be able to. Once again, use it first. Yeah. And I don't care the wrestling fans. If you really want to go there, technically, wrestling fans from WWE started chanting fight forever before anywhere else. Maybe the indies first, but then WWE would put it on the market. Yeah. Because it was a Daniel Bryan match from WWE that got the first ever Fight Forever chant in the, in the public eye when you go through the historian searching for it. Mm-hmm. So let's be honest. It's not something that's new. At this, so it shouldn't be able to be tra- – unless you're going to trademark, trademark it. And Tony Khan did not trademark it, trademark it. So it, I get it. I understand. Yeah, it makes sense as a business decision to just make sure you're, you're covering your own back. 
Well, to, to bash an independent wrestling company. Yeah, that's foolish. Whether I like that independent wrestling company, because it could be an independent wrestling company I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Let's say that fucking IWA Mid-South opens back up, which I don't like. If they were doing the same thing, I'd be like, listen, first of all, this is above Tony Khan. He should just have taken care of it. He should have said, yes, guys, I will give you it in writing that you can fucking use Fight Forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We're done. But why didn't you do that? And then when it goes in further, you know, I saw Orange Crush reporting on it, who does a lot of work for with, with uh, GCW. So check out at Orange Crush on Twitter and Instagram. And it was brought up that, hey, we did file earlier. Yeah. We've, 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 we notified Tony months ago. It's just coming to the light now because there was no response. There was no response. But let's, let's not say it's holding up a game that's not has an announced date. Shit, 2K23 comes out this upcoming week as we record. Mm-hmm. Depending upon when you hear it, it's already fucking out. Right. And trust me, that's probably the only wrestling game you're going to get in the next six months. Yeah, I mean, more than likely, unless they do a name change and, or do something different. Like, well, I mean, even if they keep it the same name, here's the problem. it's not That's not what's holding this game up. Right. What's holding this game up is a constant changing cycle that's happened, and that's what made Kenny Omega pissed off, and it's what keeps dragging the feet out. That's why Kenny Omega's no longer involved with the project. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's all part of the finished product. Like they're just being too, yeah. they're being too much of a perfectionist, in my opinion, about well, it. Well, they're putting in and taking out people too. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause> I mean, <laughs> other, like you can't, you're not going to win that. There's a lot of people in 2K23 that no longer work for WWE. Mm. It's just how it happens every year. You just got to bite that bullet and say, "Fuck it, there yeah. we are." You know, but obviously Tony doesn't want to do that. Next up, though, let's get into some good news. Okay. Let's talk some good news before talking to another bullshit story. How about that? And let's talk about it was announced this week that WWE is going international not once but twice. Yes. Of course, uh, we're all excited about uh, the king and queen of the ring emanating from beautiful, progressive uh, Saudi Arabia coming up in the springtime. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting they're bringing back the tourney and and doing that kind of big fashion. Well, you know what? I'm kind of – listen, it's double-edged here. The Saudi shows, eh, I understand. Yeah. Politically, they fucking suck, whatever, whatever, but there's a lot of money involved. I can understand from the business aspect and from the fan aspect all day, and we've talked about it ad nauseum. Sure. If you want to no, know, we do not support the regime in, mm-hmm. in beautiful, progressive Saudi Arabia. Obviously, you understand that sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, but at the same point in juncture, let's be honest, the last Saudi show was the best Saudi show they had, the last Crown Jewel. It's true. Under Triple H, so that gives you kind of hope that it's not a throwaway house show. That's another reason we never watched them. Right, They're exactly. basically house shows. But, but now, bringing a legit pay-per-view there and having it as a legit pay-per-view, I think it's a, there is a double win to it. Let's look at the bright sides of that pay-per-view. It's A, it is the king and queen, mm-hmm. so we're going to get more women's wrestling in Saudi Arabia. Which is awesome. Which is a win. Yep. And then here's the other thing. The return of King of the Ring slash now King and Queen of the Ring to a pay-per-view format instead of just being on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Because the last time they did it was on SmackDown, I do believe. I want to say it was they SmackDown. Both, maybe. Because that's when Queen Zelina won mm-hmm. and also Xavier Woods won King. And that was last year. So, like, now we're going to give it a pay-per-view again. Hopefully multiple matches. You're giving it the prestige feel that it deserves. Because it, it should lead into something like either a title match or, or something more than just having mm-hmm. the crown. And I'm hoping this leads to that. Well, there's that show, which we'll talk about more when it comes up. But there's one that's coming sooner that is actually the better news. On May the 6th, Backlash returns. By the way, and no word in this WrestleMania backlash like it was last year. Yeah. I think it's just back to being yep, backlash. They're just back to backlash. So it, we have found out May 6th, that is going to, that was just Saturday, it's going to emanate from San Juan, Puerto Rico, returning to Puerto Rico for the first time in 18 years yeah, for I was a pay-per-view. Say, it's been a while. And on top of that, it's going to be hosted by the biggest Latin star in the world and WWE in-ring performer, Bad Bunny. Let's go. 
you know he wasn't going to miss that date. Oh, absolutely Of course, not. Uh, if you are talking, we're talking about 2K23, if you pre-ordered, you get Bad Bunny as a playable character. Yes, yes, you do. Which is the reason I pre-ordered. I'm Same not even here. Because I wanted some Bad Bunny action. But how exciting was it, the news, that they're returning to Puerto Rico for Backlash and that the host was going to be Bad Bunny? Win-win all around. It's it's cool to see that WWE is really taking a focus about taking the uh, premium live events international. And this is a great way to really kind of kick that off for the calendar year. I'm all here for it, and especially Bad Bunny. You know how much he loves wrestling and how much he is a true artist in the ring, too. Absolutely. I think it's a big bucket of win for WWE and their international, and we're going to be up to a lot of international pay-per-views. I'm, I'm glad they're going back on the road. I know we're going to be doing another. Uh, SummerSlam is coming from uh, England. Or Money in the or Bank. No, Money in the Bank. Sorry, I forgot. This money, money in the Bank has become the fifth largest pay-per-view yeah. at this point. So Money in the Bank is coming from England. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. SummerSlam is coming from a stadium. So we have more stadium shows. We have more international shows. WWE is really uh, expanding that market. And so you got to give them, on the business side of things, got to give them all the credit in the world. Oh, absolutely. The strategy is working and really shows no sign of slowing down. Now, speaking of WWE business, and the last thing we're going to talk about in the opening contest, and I'm tired of talking about this, so it's probably not going to live pretty long. But, of course, this past week, the internet blew up and all the IWC oh, journalists right. blew up because this past weekend on Raw, this past week on Raw, sorry, Vince McMahon was spotted backstage. As we were told by the company... Mm-hmm. Being up front, he's there to visit John Cena. Yeah. And the internet went, that's not, no. No, he can't just be there to visit John Cena. Well, well, I don't care that they're friends. I don't care that Vince has flown and saw him on sets and has gone to different events to hang out with John Cena. No, no, no. He's back there and he's got a mustache on to look disguised. And he's he's really running the creative. And I'm like, what part of Raw looked like a fucking Vince McMahon creative session? Exactly. This was so far-fetched. <laughs> I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's sla- Guys, he was backstage to visit John Cena, who he's still friends with. Yeah. As of right now, we have no inclinations that Vince has ever stepped out of the bounds of what Nick Khan had already said. Mm-hmm. He's there to facilitate a sale, and then he'll be gone forever. That is what Nick Khan is stuck by. That is what has happened. We know, we know from who's being pushed on the roster that is obviously Triple H in charge of creative. Mm-hmm. I understand that we're, you know, we're going to talk about the main event. The golden shovel got brought back out. Yeah. The burial of Austin Theory. That's a Vince move. We'll talk about that in the main event segment because I want to talk about that separately. But, uh, you know, I don't think it is. I think that this is just Vince visiting fucking John Cena in Boston, his hometown, for a big event, for him coming home to Boston. The WWE Universe was marked out for it. They got high numbers in the ratings Mm -hmm. for it. Big night. The crowd was fucking jacked for it. And, you know, hey, I'm just saying, sometimes if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. It doesn't have to be this big elaborate scheme. What's your take on it? Everybody needs us to pump the brakes. Seriously. Vince went to go see his friend, John Cena, who made him a lot of money in Vince's last stretch with the company. Of course, they're friends. They have it's it's public knowledge. It's the same thing to say when Ricky Starks went to go see Cody Rhodes, just on a lesser degree. You can have people that are not part of the company come back in and you can say, well, Vince is still part of the company. Vince is there to facilitate the deal. Unless somebody can f- prove that he is back at creative, he's not back at creative. And you hit it right on the head. What part of Monday night this week looked like Vince had anything to do with it? No, absolutely nothing. I also want to throw this out there. I'm glad that you brought up Cody and Ricky Starks. How shitty is it that the IWC and the IWC journalists 
caused the fact that now Ricky Starks can't come visit his friend backstage. Because they made it that big of a deal. And it's not that everybody's like, well, that WWE's the bad guy for it. No, no, no. No. WWE allowed him to be backstage. Mm-hmm. People got pictures from the security, which that's on the building in their security. Exactly. And they ran with this story. And then it became to the point where fucking Tony Khan starts talking again about tampering with talent. And WWE's like, we can't be seen tampering with fucking talent. Especially when MLW suing WWE for allegedly being shady, which it got t- it got tossed and then they reapplied. So for all those people out there that didn't think it got tossed, read the thing. It got tossed and then they reapplied. By the way, they reapplied with giving examples of AEW mostly, which Court Bauer has nothing to do with. It's just Court Bauer and MLW trying to get their name out there because they fell flat on their face because he doesn't know how to run a fucking wrestling company. Here's my challenge to him. And I'm going to say allegedly, because since he likes to be litigious, allegedly you should start paying your fucking talent how about that one asshole like that one's locked and loaded and if you don't believe me go ahead and go look you'll find out ask mjf how much he made from mlw so allegedly instead of worrying about suing somebody over a bullshit lawsuit and i'm not defending the e because trust me if anybody should sue the e it could be tony khan if he really chose to if he really has a case because he has the money and the clout and the power to do so mm. court bowers grasping for straws if you look at his uh, his lawsuit and it's just terrible meanwhile the guy allegedly according to wrestlers wasn't paying them so eh, maybe you're paying your wrestlers maybe you're not guy either way I think you better look in the mirror before you go in. That's like Ian Rotten trying to sue somebody. Allegedly. Let's get it out there. We don't need to get Brett Favreed over here. I mean, you can't get Brett Favreed for truth, right? Yeah. No, but, you know, the whole situation, it's, it's just a shame. Because we've had cases where AEW talent has come over to see WWE superstars. Prime example, Britt Baker coming to see Adam Cole when he was still with the company. Yeah, and they caught her on camera, and unfortunately she couldn't come back after that. Yeah. Which is shitty. It's every time they make a big deal is when people can't come back. Yeah. (laughs) And it sucks because they're friends. Whether you guys want to believe there's this hatred between WWE and AEW, the wrestlers are all friends. Yeah. For for God's sakes, the the Young Bucks, when Cody mentioned him in a promo, oh my God, the internet went, well, oh my God, he mentioned all in. Of course he did. He's proud of it, and he did it. And the Young Bucks, in solidarity, in their bio, put, you know, something up for Cody Rhodes. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. They're friends. There's no problems there. Yeah, it's it, only the problems of the internet wrestling community that thinks there's a problem there. Yeah, there's absolutely no issues there because they all understand. They're all part of the business. And if you ever go on social media, even Twitter, when there's a big moment like a new champion, watch how many people from the other company shoot a congratulations tweet. I mean, shit, Rhea Ripley's with Buddy Matthews. Yeah. And when they won the six, uh, the trios title, sorry, it's not six man, it's trios in AEW, she put out a big uh, fucking congratulations yeah. to her boyfriend. It's not a fucking secret. And just like uh, when uh, Dom was getting a little handsy with her on uh, TV, he was like, you better wump your brakes down to Mysterio. Yeah. I thought that was fun, too. Like, they're, they're like you got to understand, most of these guys are friends and girls are friends. Yeah. Like, across the fucking board, man. Yeah. Across the board. It's just like when people asked Vicky Guerrero if she was upset about the I'm Your Mommy shirts. She was like, no. First of all, Rhea asked. What you guys don't know, I mean, it's none of your fucking business. Mm-hmm. And th- second of all, it's cool because guess what? As soon as she started selling those, the I'm Your Poppy shirt started selling through the roof again, which means that Eddie Guerrero is remembered by all these new generation exactly. of fans. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, she gets it. The wrestlers get it. A lot of the people in the back who work for the company, they get it. Mm-hmm. It's just the fans that don't get it. Maybe Tony Khan doesn't get it. I don't know. But he's rattling the saber. 
I mean, it is what it is. I understand that, though. Honestly, from a business perspective, I get why Tony Khan is us versus them. Because he doesn't want you spending money on World Wrestling right. Entertainment. He wants you spending money on All Elite Wrestling. He doesn't want you to split the money. He doesn't want to give 50% and 50%. He wants 100% to go to his company, and that is fucking fine. Yeah, there's As nothing wrong fact, with I that. I stand with him on that. Well, it's smart business. But, you know, at the end of the day, fans need to learn what's part of the business and what's part of the show. And that's something that a lot of fans on the internet have a tough time grasping for whatever reason. But they just need to step back and look. All these wrestlers have probably worked with each other at some point on the indies. Most of them. Most of them, yeah. So there is a at least cordial friendship amongst most of them because they've had to work with each other. And the only reason that we're saying anything about this is because I feel bad for Ricky Starr. Oh, I feel and terrible. I feel bad for, him. for Cody Rhodes, who apolo- felt he had to apologize for Yeah, him. which was. For what? Because uh, somebody leaked a fucking security photo and then the internet ran wild with it? It's his friend. He was there. Once again, I understand why WWE's got to be like, hey, Cody, we can't do it again because, you know, Tony's over here talking about how we're tampering with mm-hmm. contracts. We can't be seen like we're tampering with contracts, even though nobody said anything because Ricky Starr came out and said, listen, it was cool. There's nobody ever approached me about a fucking deal or when my deal was up or anything. I was there to support Cody. I saw some other friends. We had a good time. They were very hospitable. You know, like, there's no problems. There's been WWE people at AEW shows. Yeah. Like, it's it's not a fucking problem. It's only a problem when it gets blown out of proportion because then it, it gives credence to maybe what lawyers are going through. Hence how MLW ends up in the conversation because if that lawsuit's not going on, there is no lawsuit about it. Mm. Tony Khan randomly will say, well, I heard that they were tampering with our guys and I have proof. Well, if you had proof, you'd be in court. I, I, I really, really would like you to go to court with it then. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? If you're they're your competitor, why wouldn't you take them to court and make some money? Mm-hmm. I, which means that maybe there's no smoke to that fire. Maybe there is. Maybe I'm wrong. But prove me wrong by filing a lawsuit just like WCW and WWE used to do to each other back in the day. All the time. Let's go. Yeah. Let's fucking go. You think they're not going to hit you with a lawsuit if you tamper with one of their talents? Mm-hmm. TK, fire the first shot so they know better to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Fuck. If it's real. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, it, once again, it has nothing to do with us. The wrestling fan. Right. Or even these wrestling journalists. It mm. really has nothing to do with you. You don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. If there's laws broken, that's for the court of law. And when that gets exposed in a court way, we'll report on it as fact. As of right now, it's all just a conspiracy theory. Right. It's all what it is. It's an accusation without denial. You should probably throw allegedly in front of it mm. because that's what will get you sued if you don't. Yeah. Just throw it out there. Well, we've spoken about a lot of allegedly's, and we got our takes on some hot-button issues. I don't know if you share those takes or not. Hit us up on the uh, social medias and let us know if you uh, share them. Like I said, we're always about good conversation, but I really think that there's nothing to worry about as far as Vince McMahon goes. You know, I feel bad for Ricky Starks because just visiting his fucking friend costed him a lot more than he probably wanted to deal with. And then, of course, great news for Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. coming back. Bad Bunny involved in, uh, hey, AEW and GCW, dig a little further. You know, don't just bash the little guy because you're all elite if you will so with that being said we're going to take our first break when we come back we're going to hit you up with that mid card and speaking of game changer wrestling they are the focus of our indie roundup as they had a show that went down this past weekend in montreal quebec canada and they've got shows coming up in new york city and toronto ontario canada this upcoming weekend that we're going to talk all about during the indie roundup right after this break
Ah, uh, yeah. Ken's doing his best. I made him laugh during the break. <laughs> yeah, it's time to come back for this week's mid-card of this episode of 607 TWS. And not only does it mean that uh, Ken breaks out the bass for the mid-card uh, theme song, it also means that we give a shout-out to our sponsor for this card, and that is Fight.TV, more specifically Fight Plus. We're now at for $7.99 a month. They went up a couple bucks, but for $7.99 a month, you can get some of the best independent wrestling action on the planet, not to mention boxing, slap fighting, rugby, soccer, you name it, it's there. Kickboxing, there's so much stuff. I can't name it all on Fight Plus, but of course, we're the wrestling show, so mm-hmm. we're focused on pro wrestling. You get some of the hottest, hottest companies in all of independent pro wrestling, like the company we're going to talk about, Game Changer Wrestling, but also like Wrestling Revolver, AIW, you get Black Label Pro. On top of that, Glory Pro. We love Glory Pro. House of Glory's on there and so much more. And that's only the ones you, those are the ones you get live and more right. to be added. You have all the archive shows and you have shows that come on after they are live for the ones that haven't struck the deal yet with Fight Plus. I'm not just saying this because they, because they, they want us to say this. I am a happy customer of Fight Plus. So much so that I've had it since I was telling you about it since it was $4.99 and I'm grandfathered in. So for all of you who might not be, $7.99 is still a steal of a deal, is it not, Ken M? It's the best deal in all of independent pro wrestling. In fact, I think it's the best deal in pro wrestling because you get so much variety for your subscription service. And $2 extra from what the original price was is not a steep cost at all for the the amount of content you get. And that's just wrestling. If you want to take a deeper dive into the other formats I got, go right ahead. But for the wrestling, you need to have this service. I would also like to point out, you still get those two free fight credits a month too, that you can use towards Impact Wrestling. Or if you're an international listener, you can use towards AEW pay-per-views because here in the States, unless we use a VPN, we cannot uh, digest AEW anywhere but Bleacher Report or on uh, old school pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, and we go with the old school pay-per-view because Bleacher Reports fucking sucks. I'll be the first to tell you that, and I think they know that. <laughs> Close second is ESPN+. Plus. Just throw that out there, ESPN+. Plus. You're, you're, uh, the last time we ordered an MMA fight was, was just last weekend. Mm-hmm. Whew. Whew. We had to switch our devices because you guys suck so bad. Almost as bad as BR Life. Just throwing it out there. But you don't have those problems for Fight.TV and Fight Plus. That I can guarantee you. So thank you, Fight Plus. All right, let's dive in. We got one show to review, and then we have two shows to talk about, and that's mm. all we have for this week's indie. Like I said, a lot of less uh, cards going on right now because we're building to WrestleMania weekend where the collective will be going down. WrestleCon will be going down. Ring of Honor has a pay-per-view. And then, of course, uh, New Japan and Impact yes. Wrestling have a joint pay-per-view. So we will be talking about all those in WrestleMania season. But let's talk about IWS versus GCW unsanctioned unsanctified. Uh, <laughs> Uneffing sanctioned, actually. Yeah. Wow. The, the way it's written is, is strange. Yeah, it's crazy when you read the hashtag. Yes, yeah, so it's uneffing sanctioned, by the way. IWS versus GCW. This took place at La Olympia in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, this past Saturday. Uh, it is on Fight TV right now. So if you have Fight Plus, you can go back and watch the replay if you didn't watch it. So let's talk about the card. There was a pre show that was on the YouTube channel, which was on IWS's YouTube and Game Changer Racing's YouTube. Uh, first match was an eight man tag team match. Team GCW. Uh, Alec Price, Cole Radrick, Dylan McKay, and Shane Mercer filling in for an injured Marcus Mathers. Mm -hmm. Defeated the Team IWS team of Black Dynamite, JT producer Carl Jepsen, and Shane Hawk in 16 minutes, 19 seconds. Great way to open up the live show. Absolutely. 
Next up, then the only other match on the pre-show was a tag team match where Hardbody and Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd defeated amazingly sweet Alex Mays and Chris Stara in two minutes and 16 seconds. Yeah, it was kind of a bit of squash, but they were cutting time for the uh, open of the real show. Mm-hmm. Let's kick over to the main card. And we had uh, representing Game Changer Wrestling, the East West Express, uh, the East Coast Ace Jordan Oliver, and the young goat Nick Wayne defeating Representing IWS, Fresh Air, Junior Benito, and McCray Martin, 15 minutes, 21 seconds. Great open to the actual card. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great match. Next up, representing IWS and also representing, as she is, an independent wrestling Hall of Famer, Lufisto. She defeated Sawyer Rec, who was representing GCW, 9 minutes and 48 seconds. And boy, was this a battle. I love this match. This might have been up there for match of the weekend for me. I don't blame you. Uh, I'm gonna. I always fuck up their name, but La Tribe, La Tabernacle de Tiam, Matthew Saint Jacques and Thomas Dubois, obviously representing IWS, defeated Los Macisos, the former GCW World Tag Team Champion, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo, in 13 minutes and two seconds. Great tag team match. I want to see more of La Tabernique. Yeah, I definitely want to see the rematch. In a beer bash match, IWS is Matt Falco defeated the one call Manders representing GCW 11 minutes and 36 seconds. And this was a good hoss battle with a lot of beer. Yeah, definitely fun match. Next, we had the one of the matches that was my match. Of the, actually, this was actually my match of the weekend. S- representing IWS, Speedball Mike Bailey defeating, representing GCW, the base guy, Gringo Loco, 17 minutes, 15 seconds. I need this ran back. I love this match. Yeah, this, this had to be a tie for me for the weekend, but this was such a phenomenal match. Next up, the IWS women's title was on the line as the champion representing IWS, Melanie Havoc, took on representing GCW, Allie Catch. This match got 14 minutes and 43 seconds at the end of the day, and still your IWS women's champion, Melanie Havoc. Excellent match. Great match. Allie Catch, man. Can't say more. Yeah. It's one of my first times seeing Melanie Havoc. I'd love to see her more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we followed that by the IWS World Heavyweight Championship being on the line. Your champion and representing IWS, obviously, Benjamin Tull, defending the title against representing GCW and 607 TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin. This match got 12 minutes and 39 seconds at the end of the day. And still the IWS Heavyweight Champion, Benjamin Tull. Another great match. Tony Deppin doing great things. Yeah, always love seeing him uh, face off with the best of the competition on the indies. And this was a great match. And in the main event of the evening, in an all-out war and a fucking oh, death oh match, my God. Team GCW, Mance Warner... Nick Gage, the Game Changer Wrestling World's Champion, and the Game Changer Wrestling Ultraviolent Champion, Rina Yamasha, defeated the IWS team of Green Phantom, PCP, Crazy Effin' Manny, and Sexy Eddie, 21 minutes and 11 seconds. And there's a clip going around where it looks like fucking uh, Crazy Effin' Manny <laughs> lost his ear. This match was so out of control. <laughs> it was great. I mean, I, I love this match, but my God, this just got out of control in a hurry and it. And ended the night the way it should have. Oh, absolutely. It was a it was tremendous. It was a lot of fun, but out of control is a fucking understatement. Yeah. Well, that's gonna bring us to this upcoming weekend. There's two, count them two game changer wrestling shows live on Fight Plus. And let's start off with the show that's going down on St. Patrick's Day, March the 17th. That's upcoming Friday from New York City, the Melrose Ballroom. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Fight Plus. It is Game Changer Wrestling presents I for an I. Let's talk about some of the matches announced yes, so far. Can't wait to we? talk about this card. Making his return to the East Coast, Willie fucking Mac. 
goes one-on-one with 607, TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin. I can't wait to see this match. It's going to be great. In a New York battle of the ages, the Game Changer Wrestling Extreme Champion, the bad boy, Joey Janela, puts that belt on the line to take on New York legend, the Grim Reefer. <sighs> like, how good is this booking right here? This is phenomenal. I mean, I don't know if it gets much better than that, believe it or not. But it yeah. does, because I'll tell you what's coming up next. The Time Splitters. That's right, Kushida and Alex Shelley. Unfortunately, not the Motor City Machine Guns, who are the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions. But the Time Splitters, Kushida and Alex Shelley, are going to go against the East-West Express. Jordan Oliver. Oh, no, sorry. They replaced it. Nick Wayne can't make the show, so Speedball Mike Bailey stepping in instead. Ooh, that's so it's interesting. Jordan Oliver and Mike Bailey, who are currently in a little bit of a thing against the yeah, Time Yeah, that's a, that's a little uh, storytelling right there. So yeah. I don't know how this is going to play out, but you know this is going to be a great match, though, regardless. Yeah, so yes. Originally, it was supposed to be the East-West Express. Yeah. That's why I expressed it that way. Now, Speedball Mike Bailey steps mm. in. There's a little bit of tension between him and Jordan mm. Oliver. they got to take on the Time Splitters. Your former... GCW World Tag Team Champions Los Masitasos, Miedo Extremo, and Ciclope are going to be in a tag match against the GCW Ultraviolent Champion Rina Yamasha and Sawyer Wreck. This is going to be a death match? No, it's in New York City, so okay. no death oh, matches oh, that's in New right, York that's City. Right. So if you ever want to check out a GCW show without death matches, this is the time because death matches are not allowed in New York City or New York State, period. Yeah, but still going to be a great match. Next up, All Heart Blake Christian goes one-on-one against Jack Cartwheel. Hmm. It's nice to see Jack Cartwheel back. Yeah, there. I was going to say he's making the rounds again. Absolutely. Next up, another member of the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, but you know him most as the notorious 187 Homicide, goes one-on-one against always ready Matt Cardona. Really? Yeah, Matt Cardona gets to go one-on-one with Homicide. I did not hear about this. I'm excited. And this match next up could be a main event anywhere in the world, but we're getting to see it in Game Changer Wrestling as Bandito Goes one-on-one against the base god, Gringo Loco. Ooh, this is going to be great. And in the main event of the evening for the Game Changer Wrestling World's Heavyweight Championship, your champion, the man, the king, the The god god of of this this shit, shit. Nick fucking Gage, defending the title against Masha Slamovich. Now, is this in a steel cage? No, this is just a straight-up match. Okay, because I heard somewhere there's they were thinking about making this a cage match. So if I'm wrong about that, I mean, regardless, it's Masha's time. According according to what I have here, just a regular match. Okay. But still tremendous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a phenomenal match. I'm calling Masha to win. I mean, I, I unless they go and, and they're going to do some booking for spring break and have Nick Gage against Jordan Oliver... I think this is the play to go, and I think Masha, Masha's been on a roll, and this is going to be just an absolutely insane match. I agree. I can't agree with you more. So now let's switch gears because not on Saturday, but Sunday, 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 GCW is back on Fight Plus with Worst Behavior. This is coming to you from the Opera House in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because uh, Toronto's in the Central District, so 7 p.m. Central, but 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because we're on the Eastern Standard Time. Figure out where you have to be from there. Right. Uh, we do not have a lot announced for this card, but I can tell you right now, booked on the card, Bussy will be in tag team action. Okay. And also, Always Ready Matt Cardona will be in action. Hmm. Now I only got two matches that are matches listed so far, confirmed. Right. And the first one could be for the Game Changer Wrestling World's title, depending upon what happens Friday night, because Masha Slamovich goes one-on-one with Speedball Mike Bailey. 
Hmm. Title to be determined depending on how Masha comes out of New York City with the belt. Oh, that would be a weird, you know, interesting setup because if Masha does win, like let's just say hypothetical, we do have that feud with Speedball Mike Bailey and Jordan Oliver mm-hmm. going on. So if they had Speedball somehow upset Masha, get the belt, and then... Yeah, and, there's a lot of working parts. Yeah. The other match that is definitely slated for it, and it's not listed as a title match, so the Game Changer Wrestling Ultraviolet title may or may not be on the line. Your champion, Rina Yamasha, goes one-on-one with the Independent Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer, Lufisto. Oh, that's going to be great. So those are the two matches announced so far as of when we're recording for Worst Behavior. I'm sure more matches will get announced as the week goes on. Uh, but that is what we got so far. So you want to check out all that action? Fight Plus, $7.99 a month if you didn't already order it. Can't beat it. Well, we're going to take our final break, Ken M. When we come back, it's time for the main event segment, and we're going to talk some WrestleMania buildup. We're going to talk about John Cena and his return and his return bout coming up at WrestleMania against Austin Theory. And we're also going to talk about the Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn bloodline and what's going on there, dissecting all of what we could possibly be watching as some of the best storytelling of all time. All that and more after this final week's edition of 607TWS. And of course, in the main event, we are going to be talking about some road to WrestleMania. We're on those roads. We're a few weeks away. Uh, obviously, we're going to be doing our deep dive as we get into WrestleMania season, but there's a lot of clamor and chatter on the internet about what we're going to talk about. And I kind of want to set my give my opinion, set it straight, get Ken's opinions out there as well for these two big items because they both went down last week on Raw specifically, well, mm-hmm. one carried over to SmackDown as well. Yeah. But Raw specifically was where the action happened. And we didn't really talk about the Cody and all this situation with Roman Reigns. And it's had a couple weeks to build, so I'm loving what we're seeing. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Let's talk about what happened this past Monday on Raw as we record on a Sunday. And that, of course, was the return of John Cena to WWE. Bah, 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 bah. More specifically, Monday Night Raw in Boston, Massachusetts, his hometown. And uh, we already knew. They already said that Austin Theory was planning on coming out and confronting John Cena. And that's what exactly happened. John Cena came out, thunderous applause. And then right after, Austin Theory just came out, wasted no time. Mm-hmm. And we got a classic John Cena promo. 
And uh, during this promo, I've gotten to hear a lot of people, and I mean, hey, listen, whatever your opinions and your opinions are, but I've gotten a lot of people to use the word that I think is my least favorite word in the <laughs> vernacular of wrestling, and that's buried. He broke out the golden shovel and he buried him. He did the same thing. Oh my God, I can't believe they let John Cena bury Austin Theory. And oh man, how how are they going to let this guy who comes back part-time and just get rid of such a great young talent like Austin Theory? Mind you, a lot of these people are the same people bitching about Austin Theory. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Not everybody, but a lot of people. And I think everybody's looking at this wrong. And I, I want to give my take from being, you know, as a wrestling fan as long as I've been, historian of this, and also working in the wrestling business. And this is why I hate the word burial. Because burial doesn't mean what everybody thinks it means. Mm -hmm. To bury somebody is very specific. That means there's no coming back. To be buried is, you know, when they say, you know, like a perfect, you know, people would talk about how like Triple H buried guys like Rob Van Dam. Well, how? Rob Van Dam was still one of the highest selling uh, wrestlers, uh, you know, even after he feuded with, you know, Triple H. He didn't bury him. He just didn't get the belt. Right. Same thing with like Kane, you know, however you feel about the the mayor now. It's like yeah, different talking, conversation We're there. talking back to the reign of terror, folks. Yeah. You know, when you say he buried, no, 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 that's not, that's not a burial. That is literally like, okay, he didn't win. Yeah. Can you call the reign of terror? what it is it is what it is depending upon what you want to look at is but no we got buried like it takes a specific like a burial is there's no coming back from and it's hard to find examples of like true burials mm. it really is there's a few out there don't get me wrong they kind of they kind of piled on and buried mr uh kennedy or mr anderson or whatever you want to call him when he left wwe mm -hmm. but there was reasons behind that there you know the uh, perfect example buried the ultimate warrior Remember, before yeah, they brought him before back, they brought him back. the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior. A whole DVD about it. Yes, that that's burial. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? So, like, and you see burials, there's other burials. But I'm, I'm just trying to think of, like, ones that are true, true burials. You could say maybe during the Reign of Tra uh, Terror, the Scott Steiner Triple H was kind of a burial. But then again, Scott Steiner came in and there was a lot of promise of, like, he was going to be this great you know, wrestler and it just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much of it was technically a burial and how much it was just like, man, we watched Scott Steiner belly flop off a ring apron once with nobody touching him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I don't know. And all, all, all respect to Scott Steiner. I'm just saying, I don't know if that was a true burial. No, I mean, I, I think the one that I always kind of hear is when Booker T was in the program with triple H. Oh, I would call that his burial. Yeah. Maybe that's triple H's biggest burial. Yeah. That was a burial. But he did bounce back. He did come back but from it, it did, but it, it took a while. Take, it took a while. So yeah. I'll give you that. I would call that a burial if you're really going into it, especially because he took the pedigree and there was like 30 seconds to a minute before the cover for, yeah. a, clean, for a clean one, two, three. <sighs> it's, but see how extreme that is compared yeah. to John Cena cutting a promo mm -hmm. where he said not nice things about Austin Theory. He said that, hey, you know what? I don't like you because you're uninteresting. Like, you got all the talent in the world. You might be a great superstar someday, but not today because you're uninteresting. You're boring. Nobody likes you. They have to pump fake crowd. You know, the bald joke, of course, we all heard, you know, Austin Theory said, oh, you're, you're balding spots. Well, I'd rather be bald than them having to pump in crowd noise just so you get a reaction. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. And I understand why people would think that's a burial. I would say if you're talking about Cena burials, uh, the the Rock on the mic, which I wasn't even a burial. The Rock promo, remember the famous mm -hmm. Rock got mad at him because he made, pointed out the fucking Stuff Sharpie. on his wrist. Yeah, yeah, because he Rock wrote shit notes on his sharpie and though john cena in the ring after the rock cut his promo started writing on his arm and talking shit mm -hmm. and uh, that wasn't planned so the rock was not very thrilled about it yeah and then of course uh, i would say the roman reigns one but that was more to light a fire under roman's ass you know the suckering succotash and mm -hmm. when he paused during the promo he's like come on 
this is a promo. Speak. This is what promo class is for, kid. Come on. And then he's like, basically, you know, and then, you know, Roman called him uh, for being a burial. And the, that's where the golden shovel got created, by the way, in promo. Yeah. And uh, I remember Cena's like, listen, man, I don't want to be here. It's because you can't do your job is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And that was a burial on the microphone. I think this was playing off of the fact that John Cena is known as the burial guy for some reason. And honestly... I think that this was what it was needed to happen because it was good television and it got the internet talking. Here's the thing. If if they went to bury Austin Theory, why would he have a match with Cena at Exactly. Here's my, what I'm saying. WWE has enough faith in Austin Theory to put him in there with one of the greatest superstars in the history of World Wrestling Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Whether you like John Cena or not, Irrelevant. Right. He is one of the biggest. He is the highest selling to this date. Maybe Roman will surpass him. But as of right now, yeah, he, he, he sold is. more merchandise than Stone Cold Steve Austin. One day Roman might pass him. Mm. Honestly, because Roman's still out there. But let's be honest. He he surpassed Stone Cold Steve Austin, which nobody thought would ever happen. Just like nobody thought that anybody would also Hogan until Austin did it. And now, you know, Cena's right now the leader of all-time merch sales for World Wrestling Entertainment. Mm-hmm. He is the golden goose. <laughs> through the hard years of WWE's rebuild, if you will, or when wrestling was not in, in, in a high space that it is now even. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying this is as high as it was in the Attitude Era because it has never gone back, but it's a lot higher now than it was you know, when Cena was carrying the company on his back, let's be honest. And through those years, he still put out bangers of matches. And now, of course, people will point out, well, that's because he wrestled Shawn Michaels. Stuff. There's two people in the ring. Yeah. And trust me. You can't carry one guy through a match mm-hmm. unless he has some talent. Right. Because we've seen what happens when a guy has zero talent. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. Hence why no matter how you feel about MJF, you got to say the kid can get it done in the ring because he went out there and hung with da- Brian Danielson. Is he a better wrestler than Brian Danielson? No. No. But you know what? He hung with him. Yeah. Takes two to tango. So get get it out of here with MJF. Can't get it. And I even questioned it. You questioned it. It's fair to question. We, yeah. we don't get to see him in the ring often. So therefore, is he on the same level? Well, he stepped up and proved he is. Good shit. Good. Happy for MJF. But this is, we're talking John Cena. So that's the first thing. WWE as a company has not only the faith to put the United States title on you, which they've been revamping, but also to put you in there in a huge WrestleMania moment match against arguably the greatest, if you go by sales, superstar of the history of WWE. Huh. Now, here's the other kicker, Ken. And I know you're going to agree with this, and I know we're gonna, this is where you were going to say, uh, where I want to hear your opinions. Obviously, John Cena has faith in Austin Theory. You know why? Because when WWE goes, hey, John Cena, you want to perform at WrestleMania? And he goes, yeah, sure. What do you got? And they say, hey, we're going to give you this kid, Austin Theory. Do you think that John Cena doesn't get to uh, pick? Do you think John Cena goes, oh, no, no, no. You guys want to get, I don't want to wrestle Austin Theory. No, no, John Cena gets the pick. Yeah. So when they go, hey, John, we want you to wrestle Austin Theory, United States title at, at WrestleMania, you good with this? John Cena had to have said yes. So obviously John Cena sees something in this kid that he's willing to step in the ring and give him the rub. That's my take from just knowing it. So where's the burial? Do you think there was a burial? Or do you think this is a gigantic opportunity for Austin Theory? This is a true test to see where Austin Theory is. Because say what you will during when Vince was the head of creative. Remember, that's where everybody said, oh, that's why Austin's getting pushed. And then Triple H came in and everybody thought he was going to get buried. Remember, that was the term that was going around. And then look what happened. He lost the money in the bank and his career has skyrocketed since. So now he's in a position where he is going to be in a featured match at WrestleMania by himself this year. I mean, last year he was featured too, but this year is all him. And John Cena has to see something in him to work with him. John is not going to come back and just work with anybody. 
unless he thinks that they have something special. They have that it factor. And I think this program with Theory, yeah, there was a little bit of that Roman Reigns push in that promo. But it's saying, hey, you're now in the main event in thinking you're in the ring with me. Step your game up. You need to come with that next gear. It's now or never. And it's giving that kid a little extra pressure, which I think he's going to thrive with once they go in that match. I also want to put it out there. I think that this is a great promo to have. This is like what we're doing now in WWE, mm-hmm. where it's like, here, let's step the promos up. Let's make things a little more real. And I'm using quotation yeah. figures. Where it's like, we're going to address what the internet thinks. So the internet thinks that the golden shovel belongs to John Cena. The internet thinks that he buries guys, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't we just do that? Why don't we have him come on the mic and bury? You know, yeah, perception is reality. Yeah. Austin Theory, because what's going to be sweeter? And I'm going to tell you, and it is the only way I disagree with what you plan for WrestleMania, because I've heard you talk about it on here and there. I think that here's what's going to happen. At WrestleMania, Austin Theory will beat John Cena. And the reason behind it is that's how you build him. Mm-hmm. You build him up that he was, John Cena was like, hey, I'm going to give you the test, kid. You're, you're going to find out if you're ready for that final exam. And then the, the test is that he's, he, he passes the bar. He wins the match. He defeats John Cena. And I dare say you could even do it clean. Just to, you know, have a great match. This is a place to showcase Austin Theory. I mean, you could still have Austin Theory lose as long as the showcase is beautiful. Right. Right. No matter what, we're going to see a showcase. But I think they're going to have Austin Theory win just because then we have the showcase and then you have the kid that goes on to go, ha ha, I beat John Cena. And then he gets a little bit more full of his britches, maybe makes a mistake, which is where I'm going to come to. I still agree that, you know, a Switchblade Jay White could end up with a United States title after night two. Mm-hmm. He could end up with it on the night after Raw or somebody else. But I'm just saying, because I think what will happen is that, uh, so I agree with you on that part, but I think it'll be Austin Theory. Because Austin Theory, I think he's too big for his britches and go, hey, I'll have an open challenge to anybody. Anybody that's in the company, out of the company, don't give a shit. I will open it up. Because guess what? I beat John Cena. I'm the best shit since sliced bread. And then you have him or somebody else returning to feed him for the belt. Just I like because, that. And it doesn't hurt theory. It just means, oh, man, you flew too close to the sun and your wings blew off. It's the Icarus effect. Yeah. And then you, you just keep building him up. And people, that's not burying. That's how you build him up. He's still super fucking young to be where he's at. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. the fact that he's going to go into WrestleMania on one of the nights, we're assuming night one, but it could be night two. Who knows? And he's going to go and he's going to go up against one of the greatest WWE superstars of all time in a huge marquee match? That is WWE saying, we believe in you. Mm-hmm. A, and that's John Cena saying, I believe enough that I'll wrestle this kid. And they're going to give him the rub. He's going to get the rub from Cena. I'm Like I said, I, if he does lose, it's going to be a competitive match, but I don't think so. I think what they're going to do is have him win. And when I when I say clean, it'll be a roll-up or something. But it'll be clean. It'll be There'll be no dirty actions during the match. Right. They'll have a great match. And then Cena will make a mistake. He'll get the roll-up. And it'll, you know, he'll, uh, even he'll be shocked. You'll get the Austin Theory like, did that just happen? And John Cena being like, what the? And you have the fact that, hey, the kid went out there and hanged. And as much as I hate seeing the handshake gimmick, you could have Cena offer the hand. Now, if I'm booking the show, I have I, I have uh, Theory pull the Jericho WrestleMania 19 and shake the hand, give him a hug, but then kick him in the dick. Yeah. Like, I, Ali, uh, uh, like, Allah, sorry, what Jericho did to Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19, because I think that's the perfect way to keep that heel momentum going, but also showing that he earned the respect of John Cena. And he earned the respect. And the, the fans are going to be, yeah, I would even be okay with a regular handshake just because the fans will pop for it. Yeah. Then he can go back. It's not like the kid's going to have a hard time going back to being a heel. He cuts a great heel promo. Oh, yeah. He's he's improved his game so much in the course of a year that, yeah, he's on a superstar trajectory. And, I, and like I say, with him, 
I could see him losing if they just want to get Jay White a big introduction to Mania. But I do like your point, too, that, yeah, Theory could win. And, yeah, if he's feeling a little extra cocky, he does it. I'm going to do an open challenge, and then that's where he loses. Or he could do it the same night. Even That's even funnier. Win oh, that Cena, would be amazing. Be on the high and be like, fuck it. Cuts the promo right after. Fuck it. I just beat... I just beat John Cena. Nobody can beat me. I don't care where you come from. Come on, Ellen. Whoever wants a shot right now. And then you just get a quick win for somebody. And he doesn't necessarily have to be Jay White. I, I, he's on the top of my list as well. However, there's a lot of people who could be returning Yeah, that you could do it for. So it's kind of an interesting – or somebody coming up. That would be a good place for a Carmelo Hayes to make a, 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 a fucking huge statement, whether it's on the Raw after Mania or on one of the nights of WrestleMania. Think yeah. about that. Carmelo Hayes comes up and then go on to the tutelage. I did like that idea I've been seeing floating around about uh, the new Hurt Business yes. being Carmelo Hayes, uh, the Street Profits, and even Omus. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, whether he's, you know, whatever in the ring, he's still a giant fucking man. Yeah. So his him as the muscle piece for fucking a group, I dig it. And then you can either have Lashley in the group or not. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I love Lashley with or without. Yeah. He's, he's definitely earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is what it is. I Like I said, though, I, I, I'm I pretty hyped on this for, for Austin Theory. I think he's a great talent. I do think he's young. I think that that's what Triple H's whole thing was. Is I'm not punishing the kid. Mm-hmm. He's just young. Let's bring him up the right way. Yeah, cause Let's it, get him over the right way. Because if you do too much too soon... That would backfire you tremendously for what you wanted to build for him. Look at Randy Orton. There's a lot of lost years for Randy Orton yeah. where he just was pissing away the business because, fuck it, I'm so talented I can do it. you know. And he even says it, man. I wish I could go back to those years and what I know now and do things differently. And I think that's what – and it's not that Austin Theory's out of line like him, but I don't think they want to create that monster. Sure. And right now, where are you going to put him? Like You, you have to relegate him to that – high mid card Mm -hmm. because he's not ready to be in the main event. You know, there's a lot of great main event players in WWE right now. You have a lot of great talent there. I'm not saying he can't wrestle them. No, but it's, but for where he needs to be right now, the mid card is perfect because he can still hone his craft. On top of that, they're rebuilding that United States title. That's like they're rebuilding the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. They, they started with the mid-level belts, if you want, or the workers' belts, as we used to call sure. them. And now we're seeing that come to fruition, where they're, fo- you know, they're they're definitely a focal point. And I like what Triple H is doing there, and I'm hoping he's going to do that with the tag belts. We've heard rumor has it, you know, if a certain team comes back, even if they don't, we've heard after Mania he's going to have a big focus on tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. That was his next thing, but he wanted to get to Mania, get past all the stories that we have there, which we have a ton of stories coming to Mania. Ton of stories. Like, this is one of the more exciting. There's some people who are, like, not excited about this year's Mania. I'm like, wow. Like, this is on paper. I don't know how it's going to be in person, but on paper, this is looking like one of the best that I've seen in a long time as a wrestling fan. Fully agree. There's a lot of great stories on there. Now let's talk about the best one. Yes. Let's talk about the creme de la creme. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, the bloodline, whatever, however you want to do it. The story that keeps on giving. Yes. The story that I keep hearing. The It's the story that every time we hear bullshit about Ken... You go, man, we're the ones sitting here going, let it play out because it mm-hmm. just keeps getting better. And we're right. We're And I'm not trying to phone our own boats about we're always right because we're not always right. Right. But in this case, we've been right. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, man. Oh, Sammy lost. That means that the storyline's over. Nah, man. No. We're getting some more beautiful story. Oh, man. After Mania, the story's over. No, 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 man. This is going to go on for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I could see this easily. And I'm not dra- not called dragging out. I'm saying we can easily see this play out all the way through fucking war games and beyond possibly. Yeah. And this is something you can come back and revisit. Because of all the layers to this story. And there's so many layers that you could do so many different things. That's what I don't understand when somebody is like, oh, I don't get this. This is stupid. And I, I want to attack it kind of dual fold. First of all, I want to talk about the inconvenient truth. I love inconvenient <laughs> truth, as you know. 
my inconvenient truth here is that myth that Cody Rhodes is being booed. What product are they watching? Because I don't see Cody Rhodes getting booed. I hear thunder like I see I hear the thunderous pop for his music. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lull only because as soon as the oh, oh. it's as loud as anybody's yep. pop. So there's a little lull, but that's only because they're waiting to do the oh it's loud. I, I don't understand why people think the I where's the disconnect? Am I missing something? Am I seeing, not seeing? Is it because I like Cody Rhodes and I like the storyline that I'm not seeing this alleged Cody no, Rhodes hate? The, the problem is that there are so many people on the internet that just have not gotten over the fact that Sammy was never going to be the center of this story. And the fact that he's not there, their perception of where it should have gone, they can't adjust to for whatever reason. But if you've been watching this storyline since Sammy was included, it's always centered around Jey Uso. It's never centered around Roman Reigns. I was going to say, Jey Uso is the driver to the bloodline story from before Sami Zayn was a bloodline member. I'll go with this. This has been years in the making Mm -hmm. with Jey Uso. Because remember, it was Jey... Against Roman. Yes. Remember, we we there was a time where we even came on here and said, man, it might not be a bad idea to have that WrestleMania main event be Jey Uso versus Roman uh, Reigns and do agree. the title change. Yeah. And it's not because it was bullshit. It was because it was real. Yeah. And since then, let me, let me, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a beautiful point. And I want to add the other things in. But since then, what about this storyline isn't Jey Uso? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I understand Sami Zayn's a big part of it. Don't sure. get me wrong. No, but Kevin absolutely. Owens is also a big part of it. Cody Rhodes is now entering into it because of his match with Roman Reigns. And they're tying this all together in a beautiful way and putting a fucking bow on it. Like, this is something that doesn't normally happen. Mm-hmm. We don't normally get a storyline that bleeds over. But the original story, the creation of the bloodline until now, was ign- the, and where the original acknowledge me came from mm-hmm. was the fact that Jay Uso refused to acknowledge right. Roman Reigns while Jimmy Uso was out with an injury. Uh, <laughs> quotation marks as it was one of his uh, <laughs> DUI uh, situations. Mm-hmm. But that was where we got because he wouldn't acknowledge him. And they had that match, remember, where the tribal leaders came from the tribe and gave him the the, the little necklace. Gave it to Roman after he beat Jey Uso. Yeah. And then Jey Uso, because of that match, was forced the next episode of SmackDown to acknowledge Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And then Roman started to do what we've seen now. He started to threaten Jimmy. He's known for the longest time. And this is the biggest part of the storyline, is that the, Jey Uso's weakness is his brother, Jimmy. Yep. So what does Roman do? Back then, Roman threatened Jimmy, mm-hmm. and Jay fell in line. And then we all forgot about it because the bloodline was running roughshod. And then we added Sami Zayn in, and it became super fucking entertaining, taking nothing away from Sami Zayn. Right. But the original bloodline the original concept. Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns. That's how the bloodline was fucking created. Mm-hmm. And then we added characters in. And then we added Sami Zayn. And did it elevate it? Absolutely. Taking nothing away from Sami. Sami fucking struck gold. Okay. Kevin Owens has been in the storyline even longer than Sammy. That was the whole reason Sammy was in the story because remember, Kevin Owens and him are best friends in real life. Therefore, they mixed in some real life with that eventually because they went, oh, we're going against I think that's why, if you remember back when he first joined, that was the reason the wise man told Roman, man, maybe he could be an asset to us because right around one of the times that Roman was fighting fucking Kevin Owens. Yep. And so therefore, hey, we can use him as an asset. And then they used him as an asset. They continue to use him as an asset through war games to defeat his friend. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they could continue moving this bloodline 
is, it is with the internal feud that we forgot about with Jay and Roman and then adding Sammy in because of Kevin. And then we got this beautiful moment where Sammy Zayn hits the crescendo. Hits the crescendo, Ken. And it's beautiful. And we got the feeling Usi, and we got all this going on. And Jay, after war games, accepts Sammy. And I'm going to tell you, this layered story is great. We have Royal Rumble happen. Mm-hmm. We have the Sammy turn. He turns on the bloodline. Jay leaves because he can't handle the fact that the dude that he fucking is friends with, he's like a brother to him, has turned. But he's also dealing with the struggle of himself. Yes. He is still dealing with the struggle to this day of Roman and him. So now he's like, fuck, what can I do? So then he moves on and he stays away and he doesn't cast a valet. And then we end up in the meantime, you know, Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble. So now Cody's going to take on Roman at the biggest show of them all. And then Roman has to now be torn in two parts. And he said it. Go back and listen to some of these promos. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm being torn in two directions. I got to pay attention to what's going on with this bloodline stuff, which I shouldn't have to. And then also my very capable opponent at WrestleMania. Mm Mm-hmm. So now I'm, my detention is divided and we need to get this fixed because this is a real threat to my titles. Then we have the wise men talking to, to Cody Rhodes about his daddy and how his dad wanted Roman Reigns to be his son. Yes. And then Roman, even when we finally got that first meeting, which we didn't talk about, but it was fantastic. Roman saying pretty much the same thing and Cody going, oh, wait a minute. This changes everything. It wasn't just Paul Heyman trying to play mind games with me. You actually believe this. This may actually be true that one of Dusty's kids thinks he's better than Dusty's actual kid. Well, then that changes it all. Now that means not only do I, you know, I want to prove that I deserve to be WWE champion. I need to win this match. So the plan backfires. And like I said, I I think we talked about on the show last week where Roman's leaving the ring and he smiles at Cody and gives him a thumbs up. When he turns around, he's got this like the mannerisms. He's on a next fucking level. Yeah. And he's looking worried because the plan didn't work. (laughs) His plan was to get in the head of Cody Rhodes and he couldn't do it. And at the same time, he's telling Jimmy Uso, you need to get your brother in line. You need, we got to take care of the Sammy Zayn problem. And then you need to bring Zay, uh, Jay back and he fails. So he tells Jimmy, Hey, you either bring Jay back or I'm going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. You're responsible. So once again, where's the story? What's the original story? How did he get Jay to fall in line? By threatening Jimmy. Jimmy. So here we go. We're on Monday Night Raw. And we got Sammy Zayn taking on Jay Uso. And Sammy wins the match. They don't take him out. After the match, there's a little bit of struggle. And here comes Jay Uso to, to, to the ring for Jimmy and, and Sammy. And he comes in the ring and he sees that heartfelt moment with his brother. There's emotion as he grabs his shirt and just kind of pounds on his heart. Like, man, I can't believe I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Then he goes outside the ring and gives Sami Zayn the big hug. I'm with you, dog. You're my dog. I'm with you. And there's a whisper. Like, this is one of the things. This is why I said this is so layered. We don't know. And somebody had pointed out, I'm not even the first person to catch up on it. There was something he whispered to Sami Zayn. Now, mind you, it could have just been him telling him the spot's coming, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or if you go in, it could be him saying, hey, man, sorry, dude, I have to do what I have to do. You know, I believe in you, whatever, whatever, but I have to do this. And because Sammy kind of gives him a nod after. So it's almost like there might be, and it might play out in the storyline. Yeah. Like, you got to understand, dog, I'm on your side, but I can't, I have to do this. And Sammy kind of, if you look at his face, just go back and look at the promo. There's things to me to believe that there's something more there. Because Sammy's face goes from the happy to kind of like, oh, fuck. But he nods and says, you know, 
gives the nod to Jimmy, does the one finger up, and then we get this fucking super kick into the ring they go, beating him up, and then the, the save by Cody Rose. And I know some people are like, oh, they powdered out for Cody. Well, here's the thing. What else were they supposed to do? Yeah. Cody's the main event of WrestleMania. It's like when Hulk Hogan would hit the ring to save somebody. You kind of have to powder out. But on top of that, we don't know going into that if they're, you know, they were told not to touch Cody. Mm-hmm. Roman might have told them not to touch Cody. There's, there's nothing we know in the storyline to say why they did it. But they did. But once again, you can't have your big baby face looking weak, even if there's three of them. So your options are have them powder or have him beat up three exactly. of your guys. So I would take the powder. Because then he at least doesn't get to beat up Solo and both the Usos. Because there's no way you get him beat down. I don't care what fucking story we're doing. You're not going to beat down Cody because we need to make him believable to fight Roman Reigns. The easiest way to describe it is, okay, Jey Uso was still getting pops. The Bloodline was still getting pops from the crowd. Like, that's how over they are. So how else are you going to have a heel versus face matchup at Mania when you have all the fans are cheering for both teams? You need to have somebody be a heel. What's the worst thing you could do? The internet darlings, Sami Zayn, take him out. Yep. And that's what they did. And that was the whole mission of Solo Sokoa and the Usos on that night. If they did anything with Cody, you're exactly right. You either make him look absolutely horrible by taking all three of them out or they do the right thing. Get the crowd to get mad at them that, no, no, we're not going to fight Cody who comes in, you know, it's to save the day. Mm-hmm. It's perfect booking right there because you can't have something. They'll ruin your main event because no matter what you do, if they lay a hand on Cody, win, lose or draw, it ruins the main event. That's why you can't have that go on. He's got to be strong. Yeah. Because now they're setting up, which I guarantee you this match is going to happen. It'll be Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Cody versus the Usos and Solo Sokoa by one of the shows before Before Mania. Mania. I'm agreeing with you. And I love how they're setting the the groundwork for this. Because Mm -hmm. at the same time, you have Sami still saying, Kevin, I know I bothered you. I just want your help. We're friends. I want it to go back. And Kevin being like, man, you hurt me. Yeah. Not going to do it. And that's why you're going to go back to be Roman's lapdog. That's what you want to be. You weren't there. I told you to stay out of it. Yeah. And then you have Cody. Go, go, do a great backstage segment with Kevin Owens saying, mm-hmm. hey, listen, yeah, you're right, but sometimes you got to push it aside. Basically, I'm obviously paraphrasing. Right. It was basically him saying, you know what? You got to be the bigger man sometimes, Kevin. I know you might not be ready today, but eventually you have to be ready. Mm-hmm. And it looked like he got through. And that's what you need. And now we fast forward to the SmackDown that just went down before we're recording. And you had, you know, you know, the Usos come out and cut a promo. And once again, Jay is cutting masterful promos. You notice not one time did he say about acknowledging Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. He did not one time say about how he was there to defend the honor of Roman Reigns. Right. He did mention, oh, yeah, the tribal chief was right. He did say that once, but he never really talked about it. All he talked about was coming to help his brother. Yep. His blood, which is his brother. Didn't even talk about his other brother. Mm -hmm. He just talked about his twin. Yeah. If you know, it's very telling. Especially when you go back. This is why I'm saying this whole storyline started way before. And yeah, it's cool that Sami Zayn has gotten to flourish in it. And the, the Cody Rhodes is now. And Kevin Owens is now. It's But this storyline at the end of the day has still always been Jay versus Roman. Yeah. And I, one day we'll get the payoff. I promise. But I love where they're going. That's why I said this isn't in a hurry to end. No, of it's course not. not in a hurry to end. So here's what you have now. Now you have Jay back in the fold. Not because of Roman. But because mm-hmm. to protect his brother. Yeah. Then you have, you know, his other brother Solo who doesn't give a fuck about nobody. He's just a machine, which yeah. is fine. I like how they book him. 
Then you have the world champion, Roman Reigns, who now has the fight of his life. His mind games aren't working against Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. He's, he, you know, now Cody Rhodes has teamed up with Sami Zayn and there's a lurking Kevin Owens in the background. So now what's going in? I promise you this upcoming week on Raw or SmackDown, don't know what show. I'm not going to guess because I don't know. I would bet to say that Cody and Sami will get beat down by the bloodline and Kevin will make the save. Setting up a match by, by this week or next week. But that'll set up the match before Mania against the Usos and Solo Sokoa versus Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Cody Rhodes. And the reason why I say a beatdown is because they'll either start beating down on Sami Zayn, Cody will make the save, but then Roman will, but Roman will be in the ring. That's the difference. Yeah. Roman has to be in the ring because if Roman is part of it, then it doesn't make Cody look weak. Mm-hmm. But then when Kevin comes out to even the odds, once again, now we got that baby face pop, baby. The baby faces are all together. The baby faces are coming in. Roman's not going to be a part of this match, so that's why it's a six-way, because Roman doesn't dirty his hands. Exactly. He's not gonna he's not gonna have a match before Mania. Are you crazy? That means that that means that he could get hurt. You know, but you know what? He wants his opponent not 100%. So mm. it makes perfect sense. So he's going to send the Usos out. And at first, the baby faces are going to be smart. And this is how I think the tag title match gets made. Because the, the, the baby faces are going to be smart and say, hey, listen, I know what you're trying to do. You're just trying to hurt Cody. We're not going to let that happen. You guys have put something up. So if we win this six-man tag, that means that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens get a shot at the tag team, the unified tag team titles. Or if you want to split up the belts, one or the other. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But still, tag team title shot. At Mania, if we win the six man, and they're going to say yeah because they think they're going to win the six man and they're going to lose. Yeah, and that's how that's how you set up the Mania tag team match. That's how you get Sammy and Kevin on the same page finally, and that is how we bring all the faces and heels together to have a great WrestleMania. I promise you this for all the people doubting out there: when Cody Rhodes wins the WWE title Mm -hmm. at WrestleMania, he ain't going to get booed. He's going to be one of the loudest pops you've ever heard. He ain't going to get booed. I promise you that. When Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win the tag team titles at WrestleMania, they're going to get a huge pop. And that is where we're going to finally see the next portion of the Bloodline storyline where the cracks are going to be noticeable. And I don't think the Bloodline is going to break up right away, but the cracks are going to be there. The tribal, Jey Uso is going to go back to being like, well, how good is the tribal chief if he ain't champ? Yeah. Maybe he's not the tribal chief. I didn't come back for him. I came back for my brother. And eventually we're going to get that. Eventually, what I think, maybe SummerSlam, maybe later, we'll get the implosion where we have Jimmy versus Jay. And eventually, I think we're going to get Roman versus Jay, finally. I am actually going to go out on a limb and say Jey Uso wins Money in the Bank this year. I could see that. I could also, I'm going to take a step further. Depending upon when they decide to do it, if they split the belts up like we anticipate they will, I could see Jey Uso winning the SmackDown title, whether it's the Universal title, WWE title. I'm assuming it's going to be the Universal I can see him winning it in a tournament or however they decide to settle it. Maybe they decide to have money in the bank and he gets the belt. I'm just saying I could see him winning that belt mm. because that would be amazing storytelling because Roman then comes back and he has to fight Jey Uso. And Jay's like, I'm in the fucking driver's seat. I'm the tribal chief now, bitch. Unless Roman comes back and sabotages his match. And then you still have a feud. Yeah, you still got the feud after then the, that. The, the, the lines have to be drawn. Yeah, like he's getting the upper hand on Cody and Ro- Roman just can't handle it, so he ruins the match. One way or another. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think this, but I think that they're going to split the belts apart. Mm-hmm. I think Cody, I, I do think really what the best thing is if Cody, the face goes, I don't need both of these belts. Yeah. And I really think that you can get away with splitting them that way. Like, I don't need to be greedy. Let's let somebody else eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause that's how he is. I just want this one. 
It you makes it makes perfect sense, and especially to Jey Uso. I know it's Oscar uh, night as we're recording. Give him the supporting actor of the year, dude. He's amazing. Yeah, and and I, uh, for some people who were like, they pulled the trigger too early. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. It was perfect. They they're building to something. But once again, I I think that a lot of people have forgotten this this storyline, the bloodline storyline itself. Not just the taking Sammy, Kevin, everybody out of it. The bloodline story, which is Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns, has been going on for years. Mm-hmm. And we're now getting a culmination of it. That's why it's layers and layers and layers. It's it's it. And you know what? Sammy and Kevin are still going to be dealing with the bloodline after Mania, and then eventually there's going to be the cracks. Yeah. And eventually the bloodline is going to implode on itself. So Sammy and Kevin will have won, and Cody will have won because they implode on themselves. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we go back to Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. That's why I said originally I could see it going to War Games because I could see Jey Uso turning on Roman at War Games. Oh, that'd be huge. Like, you know, he says something that Jay doesn't like, and Jay finally lays him out. Mm-hmm. And that's what costs the match. And then Roman taps. Like, not only does he lose, but he taps. Because, because he lays him out, the other two guys are out, and he gets in a submission hold, and he can't get out. And then you have to, because now Roman's embarrassed. Yeah. Now he's not only lost, he's tapped out, he's surrendered at war games, and it's Jay Uso's fault. So you see what I'm saying, though? I'm not the only one thinking this. Somebody in creative is thinking about all these storylines too. Yeah. My point is that from where we are now, there is so much business to be done out of this. This is not done by a long shot. No, absolutely not. I just think that it's weird that the internet has decided that Cody Rhodes is being booed when he's not. I think it's weird to to, to pretend that Cody Rhodes is going to not be cheered at WrestleMania. I think it's weird to think that uh, Sami Zayn is the same as Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan, and the Blutista factor, when that's not the case. Listen, Sami Zayn, love him, and I love he's getting fucking over. Mm -hmm. Love it. This is awesome. But here's the thing. He was never on Brian Danielson slash Daniel Bryan's level. Yeah. Of the yes movement I was fully going on. Agree. Think about it. The yeah, I said it on this show before. Before this, what happened at for WrestleMania 30, the yes movement went on for years. It was at like two years at that. We had Team Hell No. And mm-hmm. before that's when it started. Because remember, he did the yeses and the crowd caught on. Then he turned heel and he turned to the nose and the crowd would still do the yeses. And then we ended up with Team Hell No. And that went on for a while. And then they still did the yeses. And then we finally ended up what people call the yes movement. But the yes movement had been going. He had been over for years. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's take it a step further. The reason why he ends up in the situation he does at WrestleMania wasn't just because of the crowd. It was because CM Punk quit. Yeah. Because <laughs> Triple H was supposed to wrestle CM Punk at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So how would da- Brian, Daniel Bryan wrestle Triple H in the opening contest to move on to the, if if he was already wrestling CM Punk? Yeah. Like, don't don't recreate history. The best thing that happened to Daniel Bryan. But Daniel Bryan was over. Like, And I'm not saying that Sammy's not over. I'm just saying he's not at the... He's not at that level. Yeah, he's not at that level. I mean, like, it's a very organic story, and he got himself over. But in comparison to where Daniel Bryan was at that point, it's apples and oranges. And you're also talking about Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan. He was a former champion at that time. Yeah. He had been World Heavyweight Champion already. So, like, everybody forgets about the fact that he had already made it to the mountaintop. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a it was a time based thing. Am I saying Sami Zayn's never making it to the mountaintop? No, Sami Zayn probably will. He just has to keep going, and he's and he's built up the momentum. Remember, the first time anybody was really talking about Sami Zayn was after last year's WrestleMania. Yep. Like people like the character, people like him. Don't get me wrong, but the first time he was super marketable was after that Mania. The conspiracy theory going in, facing Johnny Knoxville, having a tremendous fun match. Fully agree. Coming out of one of the best matches on a great card weekend. Mm-hmm. And he is one of the most talked about. 
and then into going continuing the conspiracy stuff, the Logan Paul stuff, remember? Yeah. Into the bloodline and then hitting the stride. So, yes, he's been building over time. The crescendo didn't come until the summer. The feeling, the first time he said feeling Usi was like in August. Yeah. So that was where it was really a crescendo. And then from there, they've I thought that they've played their cards pretty well. They've been very smart about it. Excuse me. They've been very smart in the sense of taking their time and really making sure Sammy, who's given him so much material to work with, really got himself over. But it's not a sense that he's going to fall out of the limelight. They're, his story was just never meant for Roman, and they're not going to change the course. The, the whole story since he came back has been Cody Rhodes. Finish the story. The prodigal son has returned home after being away, and now he's on his path. The, the reason that he left is now the reason he's back. He wants to be champion. Roman just has to be there as being the unstoppable force that he has been since he came back with Paul Heyman. So this has been the the collision course they've been building for. And for anybody that thinks Sammy needs to be in there, he he will be at some point, but it's not his time. This is not his story. I mean, uh, not to be too cliche, but like Cody Rhodes, he left in an embarrassing fashion. Not mm. really. I mean, I mean, as far as the business wise, it was fine. Yeah. But he left as Stardust. Yeah. He leaves. He finds. He leaves and goes to the Indies. Creates the American Nightmare. Goes to New Japan. Ring of Honor does these great things. Sells out all in. Ten thousand people there to see a show that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks put on. Mm-hmm. All in leads to all elite wrestling. True story. Yep. And then here's this company for the first time, WWE, whether, you know, they're on the same level or not is irrelevant, but there's a clear number two now in the United States Mm -hmm. as a big company. There's a place where wrestlers can go and get fucking paid, man, which works for everybody. And now there's a second company, but then he returns home. Now that I've had these successes, I have now become, and like I said, here's the cheesy part, the word that I always find cheesy. I've become undeniable. Yeah. I have le- I left and I was just a mid-card at best wrestler that you thought that that was all I was going to be. And I went elsewhere and I made myself a main eventer. And then at some point, <laughs> the other place didn't think I was a main eventer for some reason. I'm assuming he's never said it, but let's be honest. Right, that's, that's the, the vibe. reason why he left. That's the vibe. And I come back here and I showed you on night one with a pop from that crowd that I'm undeniable. I am the main event. And then uh, built into this story, built into the normal, like – Take away everything else. Like if <clears throat> take away who he is. Mm-hmm. If he was just a wrestler named Cody James <laughs> or whatever, right? I'm just throwing a name out there. And that was the story. That's a good enough reason to build to Mania. Yeah. But now let's add to the fact that his fucking name is Cody Rhodes. And his dad is the American dream Dusty Rhodes. One of the greatest to ever step in the ring. Undeniably one of the greatest to step in the ring. One of the greatest wrestling minds. A guy who right now. And this storyline is is is, is great. I love this storyline because the storyline on so many different levels is paying homage to Dusty as oh, well. Absolutely. Because this main event is going to feature the product of you know his fathering mm-hmm. and a product of the system that WWE and Triple H and Dusty Rhodes and William Regal created mm-hmm. in NXT when 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 Vince gave up on shit and said, "Hey, you know what? You guys can you guys can have this FCW. Change it to whatever you want. Do what you want." And, and and Triple H brought in William Regal to search for talent, and he brought in Dusty to train that talent. Yeah. That is really – I mean, there's other trainers, but he was the guy who was teaching these kids their character Promo and their gimmicks class, and their promos. Mine. So when you look at it and you hear all these kids who are now the top names in the business, guys like John Moxley, who's not in the company, but still, it's him, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Bailey, uh, Becky Lynch – 
in the in Charlotte Flair, and the and it goes on and on and on. Dusty's kids, as they were deemed, right? Mm-hmm. So here it is. This is the homage. This is the complete homage to the American dream. Not only is the story Cody Rhodes' story, this is a nice love letter to the legend that was Dusty Rhodes. And out of this will come the fact that his son will take his spot of proving that hey. I'm damn fucking good. Yeah. Whether I'm Cody Rhodes or I'm, you know, Cody from down the block, I'm damn good. I'm my own man. But in the same breath, I gave the props to my father and I'm going to go on as my own man, reaching a level that my father didn't, however, paying homage to it at the same time. I think the story is so layered that how do you take this fucking story away? You can't. Like for a wrestling fan, this, I've said it before on the show and I want to reiterate it now before we go into our finish and I give you one more, you know, obviously you're the last word here. Sure. I want to reiterate. This story is bigger than just how hot Sami Zayn is. Mm-hmm. The story is bigger than just how great and dominant of a champion Roman Reigns is. This story is this story eclipses pro wrestling because it's not just WWE. It's pro wrestling story. Dusty Rhodes meant that much to the business that all of the stars of today went through. Uh, most of them went through. I shouldn't say all, but most of them went through NXT, went through his training. Who they are today, their rebuilt gimmicks, whether it's a Roman Reigns, a John Moxley, a Seth Rollins, a fucking, you know, it, who's who all the way down the card. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, mm-hmm. they were both there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bailey, Bianca Belair, uh, Becky Lynch, uh, fucking Charlotte Flair, everybody, everybody was there sitting under that learning tree mm-hmm. that now Shawn Michaels is doing. When you have that, Ken, so you have that story. That's why it eclipses it. But on top of that, you have this fucking primal story of the prodigal son who has now come home on top of all of that to prove that he deserves to be the champion on the biggest stage of them all. And he fought his way to get there. He fought his way through injuries. He fought his way through bad gimmicks. He fought his way through, you know, being successful and recreating himself. And every fucking stone that got in front of him, whether they said they couldn't put 10,000 seats, and that's why I'm glad he brought it up. We, they said that me and my buddies in the indies couldn't fucking put 10,000 asses in seats, and we did. Mm. We then created a company. They didn't go that far, but we all know. Yeah. And that company, whether it's the defeated WWE is irrelevant. It still puts, it still makes you fucking have to negotiate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It puts you in a spot where you're not a monopoly no more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a real fucking threat to you. But that was my doing. And now I'm back. Now I'm back. So now I got that going for me. But it's a love letter because Cody Rhodes did it all. Started in WWE because he was the son of Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Left and went down to the Indies, man. He wrestled here in Binghamton, New York. Yes, he did. For, and, and, and I love Moose, but let's be honest. Excite's not a gigantic company. It's a good company, mm-hmm. but it's not a gigantic company. Right. You know how many small companies he worked for? Yeah. Before going to Ring of Honor in New Japan with the American Nightmare gimmick that he created back in the Indies? Mm-hmm. He did it in reverse. He went from the top fucking company to the lowest companies built himself up into the mid-companies, and then went beyond and went even further by doing what nobody had done since WCW and put 10,000 people and sold a shit ton of pay-per-views with All In to then help create a company that's the number two company in America. It's fucking a phenomenal story. So finish the fucking story because we have his dad's legacy, we have his legacy, and we have the future in front of us. Bigger than pro wrestling because it involves WWE, WCW, NWA, AEW, fucking independent wrestling. He's going to wear a belt to the ring that has all the independent logos as long as he gets permission from the companies because mm-hmm. he's getting permission from all of them. And he's gotten permission from WWE as long as he can get permission. Yeah. All that belt, he, the weight belt he's bringing to the ring will have every independent company he worked for as long as they agree to have their logo put on it. 
Who does that? It's the wrestling story. This is fucking pro wrestling, folks, and we're living this legend, so I hate hearing people downplay it because this is what it is. This is going to be one of the most legendary moments ever. This is a love letter to pro wrestling, point blank. You can't script this any better. This ties in so many elements from the years past to now. It's such a real story in the sense of this is pro wrestling. You can't do this any better than what they've done. And the fact that now we're going to have the culmination at WrestleMania and it's going to set off the next phase, that's why you can't end it here. Roman might go away for a while, and I think that's smart, but that storyline is still going to lurk. He deserves a vacation. Yeah, he's going to get some time off because, I mean, the work that he's done on the show, and obviously it will sell the story even more so when he makes that return, it's going to be that much more dramatic. The only way he's not returning, the only reason he's not getting a break is if, unfortunately, for some reason, Cody Rhodes decides that he's going to eat a pastry and tell us about how he's uh, tired of uh, dealing with children. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, that happened to his friend John Moxley. I'm oh, sorry, Mox. I love oh, you, man. man. I, I do. As, as much as people think I talk shit about Mox, I love Moxley. Yeah. And it's just the inconvenient truth that, let's be honest, in AEW, I, I love him. He is. I think it was the right choice to stay there. I will stand by that. Somebody asked me if I really stand by it. I'm new because he's the big fish there. Yeah, he is, I agree. He is the heart and soul of AEW right now, bar fucking name. Yes. He is the man. However, when he's in WWE, he's the third best member of the Shield. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. It's just, and that's not saying anything bad. That's saying how good all three of them are. That's why, the, the, in my opinion, probably the greatest faction to ever exist because all three of them went on to be the top of the fucking business. However, let's be honest, he ain't doing the work, he ain't doing the business Roman's doing. Uh, and Seth is fucking damn good. I say Seth Seth does things in that ring that nobody else can do. Roman is just on a whole different level. It's nothing against Moxley, because as we've seen, when he gets that time to shine by himself, he does shine. And you have to look at the what the legacy of the shield is. Three former world champions and just that impact that people still try copying to this day. I'll throw it out there. They're three the, the reason that legacy is so great, the top three spots in the business arguably belong to those three. Yeah, you, whether 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 you want to put Moxley and Seth back and forth, I still think Seth's a little better because of his in ring work. Mm-hmm. But you think about it, Roman's the guy because yeah, <laughs> I think you could have made arguments years ago that he wasn't. But yeah, Roman's the guy. Roman's the guy, and then Seth is fucking the workhorse. Mm-hmm. Like there, like you said, he's going to put on a five star match, no doubt. He's the only guy that probably you could trust in there with a torn pec, Cody. Yeah, and and got the fucking match they got. Not only, you know, people forget sometimes that not only was he injured in that match, that match was damn good. Yeah. Well, who had to step up? <laughs> it had to be fucking Seth. Yeah. Because Cody could only was limited, so he just stepped in and filled the gaps to make it great. And that's what a good dance partner does. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to let you down. I am not going to let you down. Yeah. And then, of course, Moxley is, is the big dog over in AEW, and he's the franchise, and he should be because his work proves it. And when fucking shit hit the fan, who cleaned the shit up multiple times? Oh, yeah. He had two title reigns. One was considered interim for some reason, which I think they've revamped now, thankfully. Yeah, they were a but, but But one of them was considered interim. But both times, when Punk got injured and then when Punk took his ball and went home, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. uh, Boxley was there to clean it up. Yeah. Let's be honest. So you can't say anything. You, it, like I said, you, we can throw the Okadas. We can throw whoever, depending on the year. But right now, if you were just like, hey, Rich, who are the top in the top five? Who are the, Those top three spaces have to be the Shield. Mm-hmm. Hence why greatest faction of all time. Yeah. And I don't see that changing anytime soon, by the way. And like I said, you could argue, and I don't care if you could put Moxley and Seth and switch them back and forth who's second or third, doesn't matter. It's irrelevant because they're the top three acts. Mm-hmm. And together they were the Shield. Shield's the greatest faction by that logic. No other faction, and I mean this, not even the Horsemen, who I love yeah. the Horsemen, not the Triple Threat, not the NWO even, had the success rate. 
Because all those guys had stars that were already stars. Sure. I mean, maybe the Horsemen back in the day, but think about it. Ric Flair was the biggest. And yeah, mm-hmm. Arn and Tully were a hell of a tag team. And or before that, Arn and Ole were a hell of a tag team. And then, you know, Tully as the mid guy. But they weren't, you know, nobody was ever like, man, the top four guys in the business are fucking the, the Horsemen. Yeah. No, 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 no. Right now, you can, you can say, and for the past few years, the top three guys, top five, no matter where you want to put in any, those guys have always been the top five. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, that ain't going to end anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's still about, I, 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 being not even generous, being conservative, there's three to five more years of them all being the top three, top five of business. Easily. All three members. That's fucking insane. Yeah. They're going to get a decade of dominance. <laughs> it's fucking insane. So that's how good all those guys are. So there's never a shot at John Moxley. Just so to make that clear, because somebody asked me if I was, like, no, I fucking love Mox. Yeah, I got I got a Mox story. I wish I could tell you guys. <laughs> yes, but I'd have to get that cleared first, just yeah. because cause <laughs> it, it's not it's nothing bad. No, no, it's, it's nothing bad. It's just but but speaks to the fucking nature of who John Moxley is. He's a fucking awesome dude, man. Yeah, just throwing it out there. So I do have I have a Mox story. One day, maybe I'll see if I can get a hold of him some way, because it's not like I have his number. We're not friends like that, and see if he minds me telling the fucking story. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, I, I will tell the story because it's not bad no it's not bad it's just something i don't know if i want to tell because sometimes you keep things to yourself i have a lot of good jay briscoe stories i'll never tell anybody yeah uh, because he's not here to tell me i have permission to do it Mm -hmm. so we'll just leave it at that so uh it it is what it is but yeah man fuck i can't wait for this wrestlemania season i don't know if you're not on board with it tell us why you're not on board with it i mean i've heard some excuse but i just don't get it i just really don't and if you're not that's fine if it's not for you if you're not a wwe fan that's fine but man for most of us wrestling fans, this is a fucking huge year, bro. It's a huge year, and it exemplifies the work that Triple H has done because he took the blueprint that Vince gave him with this original storyline and took it in a completely different direction. But that's the one kudo to Triple H. He gets the temp of the room, and he can definitely adapt the story as it goes on. And that's what you're seeing here. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of another week of 607 TWS. Next week, we'll be back to talk more Game Changer Wrestling. I'm sure we're going to be talking about more wrestling news because I know there's going to be more. <laughs> and there's going to be more build to WrestleMania because that is right around the corner. We're coming into, like, me and Ken's two hardest weeks of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. The, the preview shows... And I said shows, because if you guys didn't listen already and you got a reminder, there will be multiple shows just so it makes it easier for you to listen for WrestleMania this year. There's going to be one that's everything that's going on that's not named WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. and then one that's everything that is WrestleMania since there's two nights. That'll be the week of the show. And then the week after, we, of course, have to review all that. So we're going to do it again. One that's everything that's not WrestleMania, and then one that is everything that is WrestleMania. So that's the hard work we're putting in for you fine folks. And we don't mind doing it. We actually no. love doing it. And you know what? I love it even more because there's a lot of cool shit going down. Uh, you know, even though I can't see myself buying Honor Club because, man, it's a steep thing to not get the pay-per-views, that fucking Super Card of Honor is looking good. Yeah. There's some the, good matches. That's the, for the Skies match. Honestly, this is one of the first uh, This is one of the first pay-per-views since Tony Khan's own Ring of Honor where I'm like, man, this might be a, a no, no-brainer buy. And then on top of that, you got New Japan and Impact. We didn't even have a fucking match announced yet for that show. Or did they announce one match? Speedball Mike Bailey, I think, is taken on. He, I think he got announced in the main event. Okay, so either way. Well, it's far oh. out, so it's not that. I was going to say him and Jocks Alexander? Maybe. Maybe. I, that's all, no, no, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's them for the title. They sent the press release. So, yeah, so well, we'll, yeah, we we'll, have we'll plenty of time to talk about yeah. that. But I'm just saying, like, that, that card's going to get off. The collective's going off. WrestleCon's going off and so much more. But, Ken M., tell these fine folks one more time before we get out of here how to find yourself in the ODPH podcast. Keep it very short. Keep it very sweet. ODPHpodcast.com. And, of course, to find me, 3FNpodcast.com. All your information's there. Make sure you check out ODPHpodcast.com and 3FNpodcast.com, respectively. Well, we're going to end it up here. 
here giving you another great show. Hopefully you enjoyed yourselves. I definitely enjoyed talking pro wrestling to you. But with that being said, until next week, for myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, wrestling fans! Top ropes, one, two.